Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and I am so excited that you're here to catch the weekly replay of my laid-back yet very inspiring conversations with other full-time professional artists. The purpose of this series is to show aspiring artists that it is completely possible to have a great career in the arts. And if you ever want to tune in and have your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just check out the schedule over at facebook.com groups slash artist academy every Tuesday to catch us on live. I'll see you there. This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time six-figure art business. With weekly trainings that include step-by-step proven art business techniques, plus painting tutorials from yours truly and other guest artists who are masters in their field, you will be well-equipped to learn and grow into the highly skilled and highly profitable artist you know you're meant to be. I've figured out what it takes to build my own six-figure art business, and now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. It's not hard, but it does require your time and dedication. So if you're up for the challenge, go to advancedmember.com. That's advancedmember.com to learn more. This week's episode features groovy California-based surf artist, Drew Brophy. Drew is kind of a celebrity in my mind, right along with his wife, Maria Brophy. If you do not know the Brophys, then I highly encourage every single artist that is listening to click the link in my notes and buy Maria's book, Art Money Success. You can get that on Audible or paperback. I personally listen to everything on Audible as I paint, and it's seriously a game changer. Her her book is the reason why I know so much about them and their art career, and needless to say, after reading her book twice, I was so excited to interview Drew and be asked to do a live Posca paint party this upcoming Friday. You'll hear all about it in this link. It's going to be so cool. So if you're listening to this on the Thursday or Friday before this happens, the link to join us is in the notes. And I really hope that you hop on with us after listening to this interview and getting to know Drew a little bit better. He's so cool. (laughs) I think he said the word groovy or it was some other surfer slang at one point he said something and I was like that is so cute (laughs) like he's just a cool dude you know and you'll see exactly what I mean but let me know what you think about this week's episode with the Drew Brophy So for anybody who's living under a rock and don't know who you are, could you just kind of give a little bit of an introduction of who you are and how you got into the arts before we start our questions? Yeah, I mean, probably like many of the artists out there, I was just a kid that, um, you know, was naturally good at drawing. I used to draw on my walls as a kid and kind of got nominated in school to draw all the things on uh, for school and projects and uh, but I was a surfer, so I loved to surf. And um, surfing is really what saved me. I uh, began painting on my own surfboards, and I got more notoriety for my surfboards than my surfing. But uh, <laughs> I, I just really dreamed of going to all the places in the world. It really fascinated me because I grew up in South Carolina, and um, not the best place for surfing, but uh, surfing and, and then art, allowed me to travel around the world uh, painting surfboards. And so that's why I got started and I made a name for myself. And then I became an illustrator. And um, I just always said yes to every project that was presented to me, even though I didn't have any idea on how to do it. Yeah. So that's a little bit of background. Yeah, I love it. So what do you think the tipping point was that took you from like hobby artist to professional artist? Because there are a lot of artists out there, especially right now that are there in their current job and they're trying to, you know, go full time. And so they're like in that tipping point area. So I just think it'd be really interesting to hear yours. Um, it was just a decision. Uh, 
I can remember graduating from high school and you know, my, my guidance counselor expressing to me that she was concerned about me because uh, she proceeded to tell me that I couldn't surf and do art for the rest of my life, that I would have to get serious about um, you know, what I was going to do. And um, it really made me sad and it really made me angry, actually, that the two things that I was good at, I was being told that I couldn't do that they weren't worth pursuing. And I had the confidence to disagree. You know, I won't say it was an easy path, but um, I knew what I wanted and I went after it. And so that tipping point was really kind of, you know, writing, I can remember writing down what I wanted out of my life. And um, I didn't care how I got it. You know, I was willing to work hard and I would, I would paint anything. I mean, I told people, I wasn't putting a label on myself. I would say, you know, I'll, you know, I'll paint a handicap uh, sign on a parking lot if that was the only job I could get. And um, I just thought that any anything that I was doing with my hand, with my ability painting, was worthwhile. And um, eventually, I found my groove, of course, with surfboards. But you know, prior to that, I was I was painting murals. I was anything I could get. And I failed so many times. Um, I can remember doing an architectural rendering and the guy told me I was the worst artist he'd ever seen. So, um, you know, so I went through a lot of, a lot of trouble. I tried to go to school and school didn't make sense to me. I took a couple community art classes and I felt like I didn't belong there. So, um, that tipping point really was no plan B. I mean, there was only plan A for me. Um, and I eventually got there. I think by the time I was 25, I was a successful artist. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that perspective of it too. You're like, this is it for me. So this is, this is what's happening. And I think that's a great inspiration for a lot of artists out there who are currently, you know, they're self-taught and they, they didn't go the college route because it's for one thing or another, it's not for them. And that's totally fine. Like I, I did, but I'm always telling the people that like, you don't need a college degree to be an artist. And I think you're a great example of that. Yeah. In, you know, there's many paths. So, I yeah. mean, if you have the opportunity to go to school, please take it. Um, I wish I could have gone. Um, you know, I would have learned things that, you know, I might have been uh, an oil painter or something. You know, of course, I used Posca pens, which I was told was not real art as a young person. And, you know, I just, I, I um, now that I'm at a place where, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years that, I just realized that there's so many different ways to do art. There's so many different ways to make money doing art. And I just really do believe that there's never been a better time to be an artist. And um, you can find your path. You can find your, um, your uniqueness and uh, you can make a, a living. Now you don't have to become some famous person. I mean, you know, my goal was not really to do anything special other than to provide a good life for myself and my family and um, doing what I was good at. I mean, I think that's all anybody really wants is to have value of um, feeling like they at least they're they're excelling at something. And um, and that's what art gave for me. At least I knew how to do one thing really well. And so at the end of the day, it made me feel good. And um I, I think that's a big lesson too. Just like, I, I don't know what other people's motivations are, but really it was just, tr you know, a working artist, like tr I had to make, had to make money every day. Um, so I painted boards and on, on the beach in Hawaii, I mean, I used to live right on the ocean on the North shore of Oahu. And um, I'd have to, you know, try to wake up and, you know, figure out how I was going to make money that day just so I could eat. And, um, there's a, just a strange motivation about that and uh, authenticness, you know, where you're like, you know, doing what you're doing and somebody shows interest and you're like, yeah, well, I can do something for you. And, you know, you're working for 20 bucks at a time, you know, um, you get good at, you know, pleasing, not, you know, not necessarily pleasing people, but uh, just that interaction with people. I'm actually kind of an uh, introvert. So I had to learn to be um, to sell myself and to communicate with people. Um, so that was a skill I had to learn as well. 
There's lots of different skills that you have to learn as an artist that have nothing to do with art. Um, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think a lot of artists can resonate with that, too. I'm an introvert as well, and a lot of artists are. And, which, and if you think about it, like, that's a good thing because we can be by ourselves creating art all day and it doesn't bother us. Like, it might bother an extrovert in a way, you know, yeah. so I think that's awesome. But, like, you did it. You just, you did it. You're like, I'm going to use this medium. I'm going to paint this. And even if, you know, and back then, like, there, was, there were no, like, Instagram artists out there doing all these different cool things for you to be like, oh, yeah, they did it. I did it you're just like kind of intuitive in that way almost and speaking of Posca I actually have a Posca um your guys's thing actually right here look at this thing oh wow <laughs> yeah I am so impressed with this we, we can talk about this, this later but yeah I yeah. looked down and I was like oh yeah it's right there and it's just a different kind of niche too like the way that your stuff is just done on here for anybody who hasn't seen it. It's just yeah. such a cool, like, just <laughs> different niche. And so how did you come up on that style of art that is completely all your own? Um, it really happened, you know, I'm a really big believer in the, the universe kind of provides for you. And uh, as a kid, I was very intimidated by, like, all the art materials. You know, like it, it's hard, like when you're not really introduced or you don't have anybody to uh, teach you or show you anything. Um, maybe you're naturally good at drawing or something like that. But then you you get introduced to all these paints and brushes and, you know, the pretentiousness of art. You know, we've all, you know, had those types of folks that are it has to be done this way or whatever. And um, it makes you really nervous and, and, and intimidates you not to mention it's very expensive. So if you don't have money, um, you might not have that opportunity. And so uh, lucky enough for me that uh, a friend of my family's bought me Posca pens back in the eighties, right when they first came out, when they were only available in Japan and they were a gift. And what's really interesting about that is that the Posca pen was more intuitive. You know, it worked like a pencil and I learned how to blend the colors and, um, you know, they're made for, for children in Japan, but I'm kind of known for the person that took it into, you know, creating art with it. And I immediately started painting on the surfboards. It was a natural fit for the surfboards and skateboards and, and shoes and things like that. I was kind of the last of five kids. So, um, I never had anything new. So I was always trying to make stuff my own. You know, so I'd get my brother's old shoes and I'd have to paint them up to make them look cool. And and so that style just happened naturally. I mean, I was just desperately trying to do something um, that was good enough to um, be considered art. And um, you do something for a long enough that you kind of figure it out. And you develop this style and um Everything that I create is inspired by nature. I love surfing and I love, uh, I grew up, like I said, in South Carolina and in, in around the estuaries, fishing. And, and so everything was about uh, the water and the, the animals and the sun. And so if you look at my paintings, everything's alive. Everything's yeah. moving. And um, uh, so, I mean, just, it just really happened naturally. I'm not just over the years have just developed this fun, energetic style. And I really like sharing it with people so that they feel um, that they can create. It's a very yeah. liberating feeling, even for somebody who doesn't think they can. Um, I tell them not to try so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get out of your own way. Don't think about it too much. Just like do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So how many hours do you spend painting a day? I like to ask all artists this. Um, it depends on the projects. I mean, there again, as a, as a professional artist, I mean, people think like, oh, wow, your life's so great. Um, you know, you get to paint all day. And, you know, it's actually pretty stressful. I mean, depending on what <laughs> Maria has overbooked me for. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes I have like 30 paintings I got to do for a project and you know, it's just a grind. I mean, it's all day, uh, every day, sometimes mm -hmm. all night. And then other times it's, um, it, it's more the ideas. I really believe the ideas are everything. So in that respect, um, there's a lot of drawing, um, for, so for people out there, I mean, the drawing is everything. 
and being able to let go and put yourself in a space where you're uh, creating uh, in your sketchbook. And that's where all the great ideas are born. Um, little thumbnail, funny little sketches. And, you know, you go through pages of just mess and then all of a sudden you draw this one little thing and you're like, that's it. That, well, you tighten that up and that ends up being the, the coolest painting. Um, yeah. So the painting's not that hard. It's actually the idea that you need to search for. The idea is such a, is the hard part for me a lot of the times because I just like, I'm like, I don't know, like to come up with an original idea. How, where do you get your inspiration? Because I go to Pinterest and Google and like piece together different things, but I'm interested yeah. in how you, how you go about it. Nature, all, all oh. nature, life experience. Um, you know, you pick up things inadvertently. I mean, you can't help it by the things that you see. So I actually really try not to look at anything. Oh, that's um, smart. So that it doesn't, um, you know, and I'm, I'm coming from a place where there was no computers and no Instagram, which that kind of puts me in a weird and uh, different space because, you know, I've watched all these things come of age. And um, uh, so it might be more difficult for somebody who's born with those things to find those, uh, those creative inspirations around them, but they're there. Yeah, and I think I think people just need to spend more time um, looking around instead of looking at their their device. Um, but the device is is amazing because, I mean, let's face it: when you have to look up something to see, you know, what it actually look looks like, or um, uh, or you know, just looking for other ideas to throw in there. I mean, it, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so. So it's a, it's a tool, but it's just a tool. So it's just another thing in your, in your pocket, but uh, don't discount real life experience. Yeah, for sure. And like, I, I, as you're talking, I'm remembering like some of the best ideas I've had are when I'm like in the shower, not connected to my advice or like when I'm out running, I'll be like, oh, oh my gosh. And then it just like think when you're away from the phone, <laughs> that's, you're right. That's when like all the cool ideas can kind of happen because there's nothing else influencing you. So I love that. I'm going to take that and do that today, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like just the butterfly behind you. I mean, yeah. I mean, how beautiful are things in nature? I mean, you like, I'll be sitting out in front of my studio here and we, we have a hummingbird that comes and I hear him first and then I see him and I'm just like, ah, look at this beautiful like creature. And then it's like, you know, drinking nectar out of the flower. And I'm just like tripping out. Like the whole experience is just like surreal. And to realize that so many people might be missing that, so I kind of feel like that as an artist, it's our job to capture those things and and put them into paintings and, and put, him, put it out there in the world to remind them that this is all happening around us. And it's utterly amazing. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, it is. And it's, it's, and put it out there in our own expressive way too, because I, I could not have thought to do any of what you have done. So you have just a very unique expressive way about it. Uh, can you talk us through your painting process? Are there any methods that you use for these Posca paints? Is it you paint and then you outline or yeah, so, anything else? So, yeah. So, it, um, back in the day when I was, uh, uh, traveling around with these and and so back then I had to actually go to places and do everything and um, life has gotten much easier now but everybody was always looking at what I was doing and trying to figure it out and asking me questions and they wanted to try it of course and so inadvertently I began uh, showing people and spreading Poscas around the world. Uh, I used to you know, I've traveled to like 18 different countries working professionally. Like I'd stay there for like a couple months and paint a couple hundred surfboards and things oh, on wow. the next place. So, you know, I was so busy doing it. I didn't realize that I had a method, but uh, at some point uh, I was getting so many questions, especially when the internet started and, and email started, people were just uh, asking questions from all around the world. And I just thought, you know, it was so neat that I could talk to these people via, via email and I tried to answer them all. And then it just got too many and like, I couldn't keep up. And I was just like, wow, this is crazy. And that's when Maria came up with the idea to do a video. And so we had made a DVD back then. I forget what year that was, but it was the first time I actually had to reverse engineer what I was doing. 
and it turned out that I did have a very specific method of how I was painting, um, which is really great to teach now because a lot of people who don't feel like they're good at art, um, I can give them that and it gives them uh, a method to progress, progress through the painting and know where they're going next and they can start and finish a painting at, in one sitting, let's say. And um, then that gives them the confidence and um, in the experience of satisfaction of like, wow, I did something. And that gives them confidence to move forward versus like when you're intimidated by your, your medium or, you know, brushes and all this stuff and you got to set up and, and you get started and frustrated. And so you don't get that satisfaction of completion. And uh, so I really try to encourage people. It's really easy to paint with the pens. And if they get that satisfaction, then they can maybe move on to a more uh, sophisticated medium that allows them to, um, uh, to do, you know, better, you know, do more extraordinary work. Yeah. But needless to say, no matter how they, they do it, whether you're a beginner or you're want to take it further, the Poscas are great just as a, to get an idea out fast. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like about it. Yeah, and they're so fluid and they just, you don't, it doesn't require a whole lot of mixing or layering. It's just, you know, just putting it on there. Uh, I have yeah. very little experience with it, although Emily and I did do a window. We did a big window painting with a lot of Poshkas. Um, but I'm so excited. I guess it's a good segue real quick to go into. Uh, we're going to be painting together on this Friday. And yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, anybody who's interested, um, I'm going to send out a couple emails, but anybody who wants to paint with us, uh, just send us a DM, either one of us, and you can sign up. You have to sign up. It's completely free. But we're going to be painting yeah. Poshkas, and I suggest that we painted a butterfly. And it's funny because I actually Googled Posca butterfly fly and a butterfly that you did came up on google up. search yeah and it's so cool <laughs> it's like ooh, let's do this one <laughs> or very something similar to that one yeah well what's great about these events is uh you know throwing the idea out there and then what to see what other people paint and they're all different and uh that's a, my favorite part because it's hard to you know you go through the process and you try to tell people like little tips and things like that and we give them um, answer all questions but in the end it's like we're all painting together it's like we're all hanging out and then just seeing everybody's work is just so cool so you know I don't I'm not real I always tell people you don't have to paint what I'm painting I really want you to think outside the box and and man they sure do it's 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 been a really gratifying uh, exercise yeah, I love, I love seeing your emails on it and everything and your posts. I'm like, that looks so cool. I'm so excited to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm stoked, I'm stoked to have you. And, and, you know, it's all Maria's idea. Maria is my, yeah. my wife and, and business partner, and she puts these things together. And, you know, I'm kinda I kind of hide in the studio, and, and she puts me out into the world, and I get to meet, like, all these great people. And, um, yeah, so, you know... Yeah. I'll, I'll let you, I'm going to let you run the show. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'll just answer questions. Okay. Yeah. I'll probably ask you for a couple tips on just like layering and blending and stuff. We'll, we'll just, we'll go at it. But I know that like you saying that, like that Maria kind of like is the back behind the scenes of it and puts you out there and every artist listening to this is so jealous they're like because most people are having to do it both like doing their own yeah. emails and setting up the own events and all that and they're just like oh so you are a lucky man and I just she so you guys are a great team well you know it, it is you know when I was first starting out and it was just me um it was it was very difficult I feel for all the artists out there that have to to wear both hats because they're very different hats to wear. Um, you know, it's one thing creating the art. Um, it's even selling the art is difficult for a lot of people as far as, you know, when somebody asks you uh, how much something is, you, you tend to always lowball it. Um, and so like, those times were hard for me. You know, I got good at it, but I was also uh, very, um, I was probably a very difficult person to deal with because if somebody owed me money, I wasn't very nice about it. I'd tell them like, look, you know, you pay me or I'm going to come destroy your office. And so that, that didn't go over too well. Um, so Maria softened me up a lot in life and, 
uh, it was just really nice that, you know, when I looked at like the type of person I wanted to spend my life with, uh, I, I wanted someone like Maria. So for all of you out there, you know, being an artist or, you know, whatever it is in your life, be very clear on what you want. I had written down exactly what I wanted out of my life and, and what I wanted out of a wife and way I wanted my life to uh, unfold. And I can say that together we created that. Um, and having Maria at my side and um, it's really allowed us to excel um, beyond what I think a lot of other people have been able to do just because uh, I don't have to worry about selling art. I don't have to worry about uh, collecting money. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't talk to anybody until um, we get a deposit. And um, that allows me to stay focused on the projects at hand and allows me to be at my best and allows her to be at her best, which is really yeah. cool. Um, so not everybody's going to have that, but just realize that um, – you know, the skills necessary to be a professional artist um, are all these things that uh, some of them don't have anything to do with art. And, and I think that's why Maria's book is so great that, you know, we really wanted everybody to know all the things that we had to learn ourselves. There was no, um, there was nobody for us to really emulate. Nobody was really free with their information. I just picked up all these little tidbits and Maria brought stuff from her life experience and we kind of you know we were always looking for a mentor but we never really found one um so it feels good to put this out in the world and have her book um hopefully it helps a lot of people you know i think I, it I think it definitely has. I mean, yeah. I listened to it twice and I was literally just on an interview um, with a girl named Patricia. And after we got off, I was like, hey, you need to download this book <laughs> and listen to it. And I'm about yeah. to interview uh, them right now to go and be able to check it out. But I would tell everybody, I'm like, just download the book on Audible, listen to it while you paint and just absorb everything. Because, yeah, nothing beats uh, just years of experience in something like this. Yeah, and, and in all different uh, phases of art, everything from licensing to charities to how much to, you know, how to price things. Uh, murals were always a big one for me because, you know, I would, you know, do something and, and spend a week painting a mural and, and look at what I got paid. And I was just like, hmm, this is, you know, not really panning out. Now, I was very happy doing what I was doing and getting paid for it. But if you want to get ahead, you, you got to make sure that if somebody's paying you a thousand dollars, you give them a thousand dollars worth of work, not ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, and so usually what I see is I see a lot of artists out there that want to impress and want to, you know, do their best. And usually the client's not really asking for that. They like what you do, but they say, okay, well, I have a budget of this. Can you do something like this? So that might be $1,000, let's say. And then you turn around, you want to impress them and do something well beyond that. Um, you're doing yourself a disservice. So you really need to, to gauge how much effort, time, and energy that it's going into this so that you have some type of balance. So you're not left depleted and um, resentful for not getting paid enough for it. And then you're mad at the client who, you know, didn't ask you to do what you gave them. And that's yeah. a big, that's a big lesson for people to learn because everybody wants to create a masterpiece. We, we all have a masterpiece within us, but you know, nobody's paying you to create the masterpiece yet. It takes time. Yeah. And so even at my, you know, I would love for somebody to pay, pay me to paint a, a masterpiece. It, and like, most of the things I get paid to paint um, are fast, and I, I, I got to actually go, you know, dumb it down and do it uh, more simple uh, based off of what I'm being asked to do. Now, if somebody hopefully one day or maybe I get there on my own to where I can say, okay, I'm going to spend six months on a piece, I undoubtedly would, you know, pour everything I have into it and that's where we all hope to get to. But for now, it's okay to make a living doing what you're good at and providing a service and making people happy and uh, making a great life for yourself. 
Yeah. So true. Yeah. I remember, I mean, I've an example that I've committed myself to uh, several projects. And at the end of it, I was like, I knew that I was underbidding myself. And then the end of it, I was kind of resenting working it because I was like, oh, this is so much time. And so, yeah, that's great advice to like build or live up to the level of the customer, what the customer wants to pay, I guess. Yeah. And just kind of be upfront with that too. Be like I can do this or I can do this, you know? Yeah. And it, it doesn't mean that you, uh, can't make an exception at times or, you know, let's say you have nothing going on and you yeah. have the time uh, and you want to stoke somebody out. Uh, there are exceptions to that, but, you know, in general that you just really have to be conscious of, um, of the, of, of these like little subtle things that you kind of don't really think about when you're getting, when you're getting started out, you know, you're just kind of like, you just think you're going to be painting masterpieces all day. And it's just like, well, <laughs> maybe not. Um, you, every once in a while, you might have to paint something silly just for the paycheck. And um, especially when you have like a family like I did, um, it was humbling to have to accept jobs just to get paid. And um, I think a part of you gets uh, a little frustrated, but then at the same time, I, I start thinking, God, I'm so lucky that people are asking me to do these things and it's not beneath me. Uh, I think yeah. that's, a, that's another like humbling thing of just like, um, who cares how great your art is if you're not feeding your family? Who cares? I mean, it, it's awesome feeling to know that when you're when you're able to do it and organize it in such a fashion where you're you're really pulling it off and it's flowing and you're getting genuine um admiration for not just your way you live your life and the way you do everything yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah definitely and you you mentioned painting a parking lot sign i was like i just did that like a few months ago somebody asked me to paint a parking lot sign and it was like a like a handicap sign and they're like, yeah, sure. Like you pay the right amount. I'll, I'll do it, whatever you want. There's no, there's no like, you know, I'm too good for that kind of a thing. Yeah. I, yeah. And be eager to learn. That's the other thing. Like I'm, there's so many things I want to learn how to do, you know, like I, I really love lettering and I met a sign painter once, you know, and like technology's great, but like, you know, all those sign painters got put out of business overnight with, you know, type styles and, and printing. And I met this guy, he watched me paint this big 60 foot mural and he hung out every day uh, talking to me. And I was just like, you know, why are you hanging out with me? And he goes, well, I'm, I used to be an artist too. I was a sign painter. And he says, I have hundreds of fonts stored in my head and nobody to teach them to. And it just broke my heart. And I was just like, wish I could have just spent every day with him for the next month learning all that stuff, that skill. So we, we, you know, we really need to be conscious of that and um, realize that there's these really cool skills out there that we could be learning and sharing with other people and, um, and, and they're there and we could lose them if we don't take advantage of that. Yeah, so true. Yeah, we're all fighting against vinyl, but then... I feel like some, some companies are just kind of like a lot of people want that hand painted thing that's so unique that that vinyl and you know printing just can't do. But yeah, it's you're right. And also with just like the the set painters, uh, I yeah. worked with a lot of set painters out that painted stuff in Hollywood, and they're like, I mean, our job isn't a thing much anymore as it used to be. Is there anything that you don't like to paint without? Um. Like, what do you mean? Um, like, I listen to music or po podcasts, really, or is there a certain... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, especially in the early days in the surfboard factory, you were, you, we were blasting music constantly. Oh. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it allows you to get into that groove and just, you know, go. So, like, a lot of the things that I've been involved in, whether it's painting, you know, vans with spray paint or painting surfboards, you know, I did... 10 to 20 surfboards in a day, every day Whoa. In, a, in factories all over the world. So it wasn't like, you know, I'm waiting for inspiration. It was like, you're showing, showing up at eight in the morning, you were putting on like speed metal Pantera or something to, 
get you motivated to get this stuff done because it wasn't like I, I could wait for inspiration. It was just like, okay, there's all this, all these boards need to be finished by a certain time mm -hmm. and they got to be good. And what I realized in that is no matter what you paint, somebody's going to love her and somebody's going to hate it. <laughs> yeah. And so I would paint something and I'd go, oh my gosh, that's the worst board I ever painted. And then some guy would come in and like, oh my God, that one's my favorite. So it allowed me to ease up a little bit and just get into the groove and go for it and, and just paint wherever my mind was going. And I did that with vans too. So if any of you ever seen escape camper vans, I've painted hundreds of them. Um, they rent them out of uh, cities all over America and Canada and we spray paint them. So myself and a handful of other graffiti artists paint these vans and they're all custom. We can paint anything we want. Uh, other than like sex, drugs, and rock and roll um, <laughs> and political stuff. But other than that, the van's all taped off and they have all the paint. They have more spray paint than I've ever seen in my life, like like thousands of cans, every color you can imagine. And then we just, the only rule is we have to finish it that day. So we show up and we paint the van all the way around. I usually do it in six to eight hours. And I'm blasting music on my headphones because I got a respirator and glasses, a hood. I look like a thug, you know, and I'm painting. <laughs> but it's so fun because you're free. And you're, you're on pressure to, to just do it. It's like, you know, it's like throwing you out on stage in front of a thousand people. I'm like, all right, sing, you know, sink or, sink or swim. But yeah, so I listen to music. And if, if I listen to something too soft, I paint too slow. And so that's not good for, you know, we got to get things to finish. So I usually listen to um, things that are pretty upbeat and, and sometimes the same song. If I'm working on a project for multiple days, I might listen to the same song over and over again and then have different songs for different projects because usually I got like five or six projects going at a time. So then if I switch the song, I can switch my mindset into that project. And you're right back there from the day before. So that's oh, a good wow. trick. That yeah, is trick. really cool. Yeah, it's like a certain theme too. And I'm sure whenever you hear that song, you're like, oh, that project, even years later. Yeah. And um, of course, uh, you know, listen to books on tape and things like that for the very long projects that are just, you know, they seem to, there's no getting around it. You have to do the time. And um, that's when the books come into hand, handy. And you're then you're excited to get back on that project because you want to, pick up where the book left off yeah for sure um, are there yeah. any art lessons you've learned the hard way oh so all of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think i took the hardest route ever for an artist um I, you know i don't know everything seemed not not that it's i always i tell people like you're like artists i'm like you're not doing anything wrong it's just hard I mean, yeah. it's hard, hard it's figuring true. out this Instagram live thing. You know, we're fumbling around. It was hard to figure out Zoom on the fly for our uh, free courses. You know, it's when the internet came, I mean, you just really have to imagine, like, when I started, there was no, like, I was cutting Ruby Lift for T-shirts, so there was no computers. I've had to learn all of it, and all of it was hard, and it took focus and determination and um, I fought a lot of it. Like I fought getting a cell phone. I thought the cell phones were stupid when they first came out. <laughs> I was like, I don't want people bothering me all the time, but, but you know, now it's a necessity. I mean, and, and to a lot of you that might sound ridiculous, but you know, if you really put yourself in my shoes, like how difficult that was. Cause I yeah. used to have to do sketches and send them through the mail Whoa. And, and then like call people and like, okay, did you get that? And they're like, okay, make these changes. And I'm like, okay. And then send them another sketch. Oh, wow. So when email came out, we could, you know, send things via scan it and send it over that sped things up. And if anything, it's, it's made it, I mean, it's definitely made it better. I mean, now we can just take a photo of a thing you're working on right in real time, but it's put a lot of pressure on, on us as artists, uh, I really feel that we need to slow things down a little bit because, um, you know, 
yeah, everybody says they want a Maria, but like when Maria overbooks you and I sit there and tell her, I'm like, you realize I actually have to paint all these things, <laughs> you know, and, and she just keeps booking it out. And I'm like, Oh my Lord, you know, this is like, it's real. So like, it's really easy to sell something, but the real time of actually having to paint it is different. So, yeah. um, you know, all these things come into my mind of like, you know, there are things I had to learn the hard way. Saying no, that's a big one. <laughs> Saying no to something um, and, and realizing on the spot, is this person going to be difficult knowing people and like saying, hey, you know, um, this person's really difficult. I don't care how good of an opportunity it is. It's going to be really a nightmare for my life. So maybe I'm going to say no because I don't want that. Um, or the opposite, you, you like have this person that's just amazing and you really want to help them get to where they're going. They're like, okay, I'll do anything for this person. Maria and I learned that one the hard way, firing clients that were a, a pain. We found out that certain clients were causing all the problems. And, um, you know, it's like somebody throwing a grenade in your fishbowl every day. You're just like, you know what? I, I would rather not that, have that not happen. So they're gone. Yeah, and for sure. So, dang, it's just like learn as you go too. And now, but now you have all this business sense, and things are just completely smooth sailing, right? <laughs> it's still, it's still. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this uh, thing that we're in now. I mean, it's we survived, uh, you know, nine eleven, and we survived two thousand and eight. I mean. I had an accountant say something really, you know, if you survived 2008, like right afterwards, if you guys survived, then you're doing something right because a lot of people didn't. And I think that's a, a good lesson for this thing that we have going now. I want everybody to have a lot of hope and a lot of uh, thought that, you know, this is going to create new opportunities. Um, you have to be on your game and you have to have all the things that, that there again, that have nothing to do with art and, um, being easy to work with, being dependable, uh, being the person that, that shows up and gets it done. All these uh, things that seem so simple are the attributes that's going to get you uh, to stand out and get you over the hump. And, and you're constantly training people to think of you in a certain way. And um, if you train them as the person that gets things done and is dependable and is easy to work with, you're going to do well and, and your art will get better. I mean, my art was terrible when I was 20 years old. My art was terrible <laughs> and I still made it. So it's, I've seen a lot of people that um, had that were really good, that were amazing artists, but they had all these other stuff that turned people off. You don't want to be that person mm -hmm. um, because then they're, they're, still carrying around those same amazing paintings, talking about how great they are and nobody cares. Um, you know, so it, all these things, you know, I've seen, I've literally seen it all and I'm still learning and, you know, my art's still not that great, but I hope that, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Oh yeah, you got I'll, a long way to go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. like my buddy, Phil Roberts is amazing. He's like a, you know, master painter. You know, I might never get there, but I'm still going, you know, and, and I, I'm eager to learn. I'm enjoying it still every day. Um, I never really wanted to teach people, but yet everybody wants me to teach. So I'm just, I'm <laughs> kind of um, feeling that out and finding my groove with that. Uh, you know, it's, it's just an, it's just been a neat journey. That's all. Yeah, I love your perspective of just staying a student. And that just that opens up so many doors too. And it just it gives you like a bit of a humbleness as well, which people like when that's approachable. And yeah. Okay. Um, so what are your future art plans and goals? What are you working on right now? What's what's in the works? Oh, uh, yeah. So what we want to do is um, as soon as this is over, we want to get out and we love to travel. And we're going to drive all over the country and we're going to do Posca paint parties, just like we're doing them live now on the internet. But we, you know, we, 
when we would travel before, we'd always like stop into like little stores and stuff that carried a lot of my licensed products and paint with people. So we're going to do that in a bigger way. Um, now that my kids are grown, I can kind of focus on uh, giving back a little bit. And, uh, and we just really enjoyed like going to small art shops, surf shops, museums, schools, um, friends' houses, and having just paint parties and, and having people create, um, give them no rules other than get rid of all the white on the canvas. I don't care what you paint, just go for it. And I'm always impressed that the, the, the person that says they're terrible at art is the one that does something amazing. Like, yeah. You come off the bat. It's like totally out of the box. Um, so w that's what we want to do. And we'll be going everywhere. I want to, I just want to drive and, and hopefully the, you know, the nation allows us to do that at some point and go see friends. It's really an excuse to see friends and go see cool places and, and be inspired by those places as well. Yeah, a, a double whammy in that. That's that's amazing. <laughs> you guys are living the dream, and but for now we're just doing them online and just still having fun with it. But that's actually good practice too, you know, just like getting in the whole swing of that. Yeah, and I gotta say that, um, you know, just like this interview, like I really do feel like I'm sitting here with you, and I wish I could see everybody else. Um, but the Zoom uh, experience has been. Uh, fabulous. I mean, we've had a you know 100 to 200 people on our on our Zoom calls, and uh, halfway through we kind of open it up for people to share and ask questions and show what they're working on. And there's people from all around the world, and I just didn't expect that. I just um, floored that. Uh, there's people in my own town, and then people in Australia, Japan, and Europe. And you're just sitting there like, wow, how is this happening? And you really do feel like you're all hanging out. And I just think that's such a wonderful thing. And um, for all of us, I mean, I don't know about you, but we're not hanging out with a whole lot of people. And then the <laughs> next thing you know, you feel like you went to a party and you, you met all these people. And and then you connect with them and you see their art. And, um yeah, it's just been a great thing. So I, the, the technology has really surprised me, actually. That's one good thing that's come out of this. And I think afterwards, we're going to be forever changed. We're going to be realizing that we can connect better and do things a little bit differently. And as artists, use this tool as for our benefit. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I'm so excited to be a part of it. And again, if you guys, if anybody wants to join, we uh, just uh, DM either of us and we'll send you the link. And this Friday, we're going to be painting butterflies with Pasca. Yeah, and, you, uh, and you'll be able to talk to us. That's what the, you know, your face will be on the screen and uh, we'll be telling you how cool it is or <laughs> yeah. how, how to fix something if you make them, you know, feel you made a mistake. Yeah. Um, it'll be your chance to ask us questions for yourself, which I think that's a, the neatest thing um if i had that as a kid that i could have or just even as a 25 year old where i was totally lost like trying just to it would have made all the difference in the world that if just somebody that i admired or that had succeeded could give you even just to talk to them and say hey you know what you're not doing anything wrong it's just hard i'd be like cool i'm gonna keep going <laughs> yeah so I, you know, what a great thing. Um, so I, we're going to have fun for sure. Awesome. I can't wait. Well, I have I've really enjoyed getting to know you and just like hearing your actual voice for the first time. I'm, you know, following you on Instagram and all that. And yeah, now we can go into our Posca paint party and have a whole lot of fun there too and make, make some butterflies. Um, are you going to paint a butterfly right along with us? Or are you going to do kind of your own thing? What do you think? No, I'm doing a butterfly. All right. <laughs> cool. I, 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 my, my butterfly is going to be super psychedelic. I, already, I can see it in my mind already. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, mine will be very similar and that it's going to have a whole, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to use every color in the box. That's my, that's my goal for it. Yeah. And, um, it's easier to paint a little bit bigger than smaller. Okay. So that's a good tip for everybody. I, I see some people like paint something, you know, it's like this big and I'm like, okay, that's not necessarily the easiest, but then really big's not, not good either. 
you don't have to have Tosca's. You can paint with anything. Yeah, because um, these things are kind of big. If you want to look it up, like you don't, yeah. and also you don't. Yeah, like he said, you don't have to have Tosca's, but they're like yeah. they're pretty big. Which yeah, there's, I like a challenge. The tip. There's the tip of one, oh. but then I got bigger ones. So I got all of them. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I have, I probably have more Posca pens than anybody in the world. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, the, the, those, you know, whatever tools you have, color pencils or paints or even drawing. Um, my older brother joined it and he painted on cardboard, and uh, I just thought it was so neat that. Uh, he created some like amazing art just on scrap pieces of cardboard. So I've seen a lot of upcycling because people are stuck in their houses and they don't have art supplies and they decide to jump in. Uh, I, you know, I've just seen so many creative ways to just be able to join in and have fun. And uh, so don't worry about all that. Just come join us and um, hang out. It's a paint party. Yeah. For sure. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, with that, we're approaching our hour mark, so we'll just wrap it up. Thank you cool. again so much for coming on here, and I really look forward to Friday. Yeah, thanks for having me. See you later, everybody. Life Bye. is good. Yeah, life is good. See ya. <laughs> All right. This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time six-figure art business. With weekly trainings that include step-by-step -step proven art business techniques, plus painting tutorials from yours truly, <laughs> and other guest artists who are masters in their field, you will be well-equipped to learn and grow into the highly skilled and highly profitable artist you know you're meant to be. I've figured out what it takes to build my own six-figure art business, and now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. It's not hard, but it does require your time and dedication. So if you're up for the challenge, go to advancedmember.com. That's advancedmember.com to learn more. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. If you review our podcast and send a screenshot of that review to me on Instagram, I am at art by Andrea Earhart. I will then promote your art on my story and tag you as a little thank you for helping me grow this podcast and our Artist Academy community. I have a reach of over 50,000 on Instagram. So this is a little help me to help you incentive. Also, if you ever want your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just hop on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Artist Academy to check out the schedule every Tuesday to catch us on live. I'll see you next week.